This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Three, two. Hey, good. Neil, what are you... Dude, and we're starting our podcast. Hey, man, that's really cool, man. Um, I actually... I found this really cool app. It's called Spare Me. Neil, what are you doing here? I, well, actually, I'm delivering you guys a pizza. Pepperoni, right, my man, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I've actually started my own micro podcast on Spare Me. It's called Neil's Pizza Place. Um, honestly, just talk about pizza, take Q&A, about all kinds of interesting stuff revolving around the pizza, dudes. Anyway, Steve from the office is calling me. I got to get out of here. Uh, can I get paid? Hey, <laughs> I, I can't tip you today, man. I Shit, I, I don't know what to say, but I just I don't have it. I, I well, just promote Neil's Pizza Place, man. Okay. Micro podcast. Thanks, guys. I'm gonna get on out of here. See you, dudes. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Do you like morning oh, wood? Sure, <laughs> sure would. <laughs> Three, two, one, hit it. There is zero response or laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Christian podcast. <laughs> wow, that is like now. Let me ask. Well, let me. Let me. Hold on. Let me ask a question. Is that not still pretty impressive that you could say something and four other men can't even speak? Is that not, like <laughs> if we would all died laughing? Okay, yeah, that was really funny. But for four men to not be able to <laughs> respond. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That might be better yeah, than if we'd have died laughing. That's badass. I mean, you just, Nate and Dan, you try to start a podcast, and yes, we, we try to keep a tone, and we try to keep things lively. And yeah. yes, our humor may be lowbrow for you. You may find it to be as such, but you don't have to start second one of our podcasts by being condescending assholes, do you? <laughs> just because you're above us. Does, by I mean, not laughing? Yeah, by not condescending. Laughing. At a Joe, I actually, Joey my internet a, cut out, so I didn't hear anything. Jo- Dan, Joey hey, Dan, Dan and I have a background together. We're totally fine. I get him. He gets me. We have uh, <laughs> we have given each other hand jobs like oh, over the internet. Like, ba- not not I, my hand has not touched him right. per se, but the stuff has gone on between us. Ooh. Sexting and yeah. I'm kind of wondering now how you have interpreted things that I've said in the past, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> that he he told me personally that he thought most things you say are flirtatious. <laughs> hey, I still think uh, Joey, you need to do that uh, that the that uh, offensive pastor or the southern pastor, whatever Matt Carter sent me, where you're just sitting in your car and you're just cussing. You're like the Hick pastor or something. What was that you sent me, Matt? Matt, Matt sent you a video of me being a cussing pastor yeah You're sometimes just, we do off-air jokes to each other that are that are even too vulgar for the podcast you see and sometimes yeah. i will forward them on to a friend of mine or two just so they really <laughs> understand what joey is really like well he said it to me he's like what would this go how would this go over on youtube and i was like dude that would be amazing like the offensive southern pastor talking about pussy the whole time or whatever you did <laughs> it was Matt, just like you Matt, in your I'm car just, just chewing gum just can't I'm counting on you not to forward it to someone who would let something like that leak. And if it did leak, I'd just have to cough it up as the Holy Spirit wanted it to leak. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, you posted that video of Toby that he sent you the other day. That's right. Oh, but that was harmless. Okay. Well, I didn't you post this online. A, I just shared it with my friend Nate. I have no problem we with that as long YouTube. as your friend. We were, yeah, we were talking about YouTube. Like, you should start your own YouTube channel as that character. And I think it would be pretty big because it was, I, I, I was laughing. I Do love it when Joey it? does any character other than Joey. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, when he if does you that. St- if you still have your it, send it to me because I don't even know. Though. I don't even know what it is. What Please character d- were you doing when you did the countdown joke? 
You were in your car That's and you Joey. were chewing gum and you were just like, you know what I like? Oh, I, like football I remember that. I remember and that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. I laughed a lot. So do it. But, like right now? Yeah, I'll but be your manager. Mo- but the morning wood sure joke, real funny. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you as crazy and terrible, really funny. You as uh, opening joke monologue, not quite. <laughs> Pretty as awful. Good, yeah, for sure. I mean, we did embrace the Sherwood joke with the upcoming uh, reunion tour. It's called Sherwood Like a Reunion Tour, mm-hmm. twenty sixteen. <laughs> So, hey, we have a sense of humor. You just didn't tap into it because your joke was not good enough. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. Next tour needs to be Morningwood, question mark. Sure, with S-H-E-R. That so, would be good. So the next tour, <laughs> we, do, the next tour we do where we play all ages venues as adult men to minors, including girls, should involve boner jokes. Yeah, you should each idea? have a boner. Yeah. I feel like that's probably... Well, apparently, Dan, you don't want people to come to your shows. <laughs> hey, we actually had the, the probably the best comment that has ever happened in a small group. It was a men's group on a Wednesday morning, and there was like an 80-year-old man that we just love him to death. He like says very foul things in <laughs> prayers, like he's praying, and he says the F word. It's just great. He's a great, great, great guy. And, I mean, he really is a Christian, but he came with a praise report one time. And it was that he had morning wood this morning, and he was dead serious. <laughs> no and so, like, like we basically we had to keep from laughing at him, and we were just like, "Oh, awesome! Praise God, man!" And and Ryan Amick like held up his coffee cup. He's just like, "Here's the morning wood," but he was serious. I mean, hey, if you're 80 years old and you haven't right. had morning wood in like five years, and you get it one morning, you got to be like, "Man, hell yeah!" I actually read something like on Men's Health magazine where if you don't get morning wood, you should go get your heart checked out because that's the first sign of having heart blockage oh snap so hey think go. about think about this if you're old and you have like a right to pass right by that joy no I'm, people are dying I'm thank you nate for, <laughs> for trying to save men's lives i'm continuing with that uh if if you have like erectile dysfunction <laughs> and you don't get morning wood or anything do you think when you're that age and you do wake up with morning wood you just have to take advantage of it and masturbate real quick like just like oh shoot i may not get this opportunity again for five years i've got to do something don't li- look a gift horse in the mouth what? <laughs> right. That's what you're saying. Like, if you have, if you finally got it after so long, yeah. don't waste it. Don't yeah. waste it. Carpe, now, uh, carpe wood DM. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if you there immediately you go, jump man. on your wife and she's not ready, wouldn't that be like bad and sinful? <laughs> like, and you're like, rape. That's I know that's rape. what I'm saying. So you can't just use it no matter what, even hey, though so you're married. Let me ask y'all this about old people. Like, is this a generational thing? So my my grandma is moving in with my uncle. And so basically, she's been living on her own since 2005 when grandpa died. She's been doing everything on her own. She's, But right now, she's fallen down too much. And it's just too much of a safety hazard for her to be by herself. That so is her- so crazy. Like, if you... If you said that about me, it would be just the most unbelievable thing. Like, oh, it would be tragic. Everybody would be like, be like Did Toby, you hear about Toby? Toby actually, he he's having to move in with his brother again because he falls down all the time. Right. <laughs> you would you would be like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. But right. but we all didn't even, it didn't phase us with a 90-year-old woman. Right. You're like, yeah, of course she should. She falls down all the time. Right. So listen to the I, implications of this, though. It, it, it really, I was like, oh my gosh. So now she doesn't have to keep up with anything. The house. In, I mean, not even paperwork. She doesn't have to keep track of her own finances anymore because that's just the approach that my dad and my uncle's taking. And I think that's a depressing thought for her. If 
I'm if I'm looking 60 years in the future and my daughters and my sons are just like, Dad, why don't you move in with us? We want to take care of you, sell mm-hmm. the house, all that. I'd be like, true vacation has started. Like, <laughs> sure, I, sure, I was retired from my job, but now I'm retired from life, but I'm then still Then you can living. go to the prayer meetings and just say whatever you want. You know exactly. I mean? Exactly. You know, so, do y'all think it's a great. generational thing? Do you no. think that when we're old, we're yes, not going to be depressed by no, that? I have thoughts on this, actually. And it's basically there's this thing in family systems and dynamics where at some point uh, the younger generation does take over. So your dad eventually took over for your grandma or whatever it is. At some point, usually a male in his prime of his age with some leadership qualities becomes the, the point guard essentially for a family. Right. And it's probably I, like 11 falls. Yeah. <laughs> a certain amount of falls. <laughs> but I would say since the thing I'm into, the way I look at stuff is where is the bias and what does the bias lean toward? Well, obviously the bias is always to not displace or upset the, the, your, you know, the patriarchy or the, the, the respected elders. And you don't want to tell your, your, mother that you you've lost it you don't have ability to control yourself or you don't have ability to control your finances you need me to come over and uh you know step in kind of thing so i think it's almost always the case where they uh you wait too long to take over so in general i think younger generations should take control of older generations at an earlier time in general i think it would make more sense that is that is true and to support but it's your hard point. to do i mean you always go well i'll let her i'll let them i'll let them and m- many times it's way too late yeah, to support your point, uh, one of my wife's grandmas got swindled out of money because they basically said, "Hey, send such and such amount of money. You owe it." Mm-hmm. And she just, she's just like, "Well, I got to write a check, so right. it does, it's not late." And it was totally fraudulent. Yeah, but you, you know, you don't want to upset it. And of course, my grandma doesn't want to leave her house. And of course, those things are true. And it's and it feels like probably you're nervous that it comes across like you're trying to get yours or handle the right. inheritance or take power or kick them out. You know, you you feel bad about doing it, but you probably already should have done it years ago. When by the time somebody winds up taking, they've already ruined sometimes their health or finances or whatever it is. Anyway, so do you don't think you just want to go out before this all happens? Don't oh, we just yes. want to go out in a blaze of glory. I mean, that just sounds miserable at that point. miserable to so like watch movies and read books all day. Yeah, but you're not contributing. Like it, yeah. it, that's I, I agree. totally agree Joey, with you. Nate. Like what, what you're doing. I just spent 85 years contributing. I don't want to contribute anymore. Yeah, but I mean, why wouldn't you? To like, hell with contributing. How about this though? You pay it. instead of like Matt saying. Like think about this: how much money is spent? Like Matt, you've had. Three grandparents. One of your your grandma just passed mm-hmm. away, but I mean, Sorry about that, the amount man. the amount of money that went into just her reading. It's not like she's reading and enjoy, like it literally is costing on a, a, yeah. a day by day, hour by hour. Sometimes, mm-hmm. basically, it sounds terrible, but I'm just saying, what if you spent half that much and you said, no matter what, you're going to ride roller coasters, you're going to skydive, <laughs> you, you're going to get in a NASCAR, everything. And if she passed away doing it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, you on that. Save too. money and wow. I mean, really do so. You, you know what I mean? Make, she, she has to go to work and work eight hours today. If it kills her, it's crazy. Really it worked out for her family. And everything. I mean, it's you want to hear a really messed up thought? I'm, I'm about 39 years old right now and my feet are really hurting. <laughs> and I actually had a thought. I was like, well, I got 39 years out of them. It doesn't really right. matter. Gosh, but I, point of view it really so... does matter. I, I really need these feet for a good at least 25 years. I don't want them to go out on me now, but I seriously was like, well, I'm getting kind of old. It probably doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, I'm feeling getting old for sure. I don't, I, 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 I don't know. Like, what will I do wonder what will, if I make it to 85, what will I really think? I mean, seriously, like, will I think I should die? <laughs> 
Yeah. But I mean, at some point, you might have to do something like that. I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they'll cure everything. But if that happens, then there won't be any new people. Like if you can, like, isn't there somebody saying that? What's that? That guy Matt that says probably people will start living. You know, in the next fifty years, people will be able to live one hundred fifty, two hundred years or yeah, something. Like people, that person is supposed to be alive that. now. Just think about the infrastructure just in America and what that would mean if everybody right now could live to 150. Yeah, we need people to die. Is what, what, so, Nate, yes, I've, you do. Nate yeah. I've got a list of questions that I want to ask you first. And the sure. first one is, how often do you tap your wife? Tap my wife? As in, <laughs> yep. like, on the Jeez shoulder? Like, Louise. hey. Uh, Who's Louise, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Joey. Dan, uh, Dan, I tap her on the shoulder Dan and I say, really frustrated right now. Like, Dan is like, this is effed up, man. Well, he just it's wanted been, you to ask him. No, it's just oh. been a long time since I've been on with you guys, and you know it's easy to forget what forget it's actually what? like. What is it actually like, Dan? <laughs> oh gosh, I know it's it's fine. It's fine. I have a I have a I have a question for you. Why don't you dress up like bad grandpa, go to prayer meetings, and just say the most offensive things and film it and put it on YouTube? Why don't you do that? You'd be rich, Joey. Again, Dan, Joey, Nate, that would I'm be with, the best. <laughs> Hey, today, Joey and I were at our church, and uh, we had a big all-staff meeting. And uh, so two different pastors said this, and I, I get it. I've heard this my entire life, but today I was sitting there, and honestly, I had worked out earlier, and my left arm was hurting a little bit. Like, I popped a little bit of a mus- muscle, or I got a sore muscle or something. My left arm was hurting, but so there was somebody that was, like, leaving to move to a new location, you know, out of state, and then there was something else, somebody new that we prayed for. Two separate pastors said, let uh, everybody raise your hand, point your hand towards them and pray. And I really just sat there like I started to do it. And then my arm hurt. And I was like, why am I doing this anyway? You cannot, <laughs> pro- you cannot project your prayer, right? And wouldn't it, wouldn't it make more sense to point your hand straight up to God? Like, why sim- do you point yeah. to the person? Like, it's not, why do you make a 45 degree angle from God <laughs> to the great, person? It's a great question. But the simple answer is, hey, the Bible says to lay on your hands. You can't reach them. So just put your hand up. That's what it is. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it makes sense, but that's exactly what. It is. But it doesn't do anything. Like, uh, okay, like that's just fine. let the people around them <laughs> touch them. Maybe the Holy Spirit you, does get out of your fingertips. I don't maybe. know. You can be confident that it doesn't do anything. I mean, like, have you guys? So you're uh, saying it does more to point at somebody when you pray? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why not? I'm definitely not definitively saying that, but I I'm saying like I don't think we have an exhaustive understanding of like what how much we affect each other in. In ways oh, that are shit. like sub physical, maybe they're physical, but we can't see them. Like in, like, have you guys? I'm sure Carter knows about entanglement. Mm-hmm. It's like atoms or electrons right. can affect each other faster than the speed of light, and they can measure this. So Toby like, is getting philosophically and scientifically shat on, right? No, and people, Go ahead. there's like micro expressions. Like, there's just I, I don't. I just wouldn't be so quick to. Uh, dismiss it is all i'm saying i mean yeah but to say prayer works at all would be naturally silly from any you know from any scientific point of view you would say it doesn't matter anyway so i mean if prayer can work at all maybe you know having a little lightning rod action towards towards the area could help for all you i'm gonna have to side with toby though i i I don't think ultimately putting your hand forward has any extra power now i do think it could be symbolic as hey we're all together in this and that there there could be good coming out of that by just looking around saying oh everybody's actually doing this there you go but i don't think there's necessarily inherent 
power on it. And Toby, damn it, it if your arm's hurt and put the put your arm down. I no one's saying no one's it, saying that Toby's a Power Ranger and that he's got to put his arms out for his power to work. Iron Man, but the, it might maybe it's for you. You know, you do something with your bodily posture to mean something, and that helps you. I think your pastor you know? just saw that YouTube video where the, where the pastor's throwing the, the vibes out and the whole crowd is yep, blowing right. back and falling down. I think he just saw that. He's like, <laughs> Benny we need some more of that Benny in our Hinn. church. That's right. No, it yeah. wasn't Betty Hinn. It was, it, was like a, it was like a southern church or something. Well, there Everyone is one. Was there, flying. It was great. Yeah, there is one with Benny Hinn, too. I actually had, oh. just had a conversation about Benny Hinn, and I, am think, I, I think I'm pretty settled on the fact that I think it's 100% BS. I think he could be a Christian, but I definitely don't think God has anything to do with his ministry at all. But that's probably mm. something y'all all agree on, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Benny Hinn. Yeah, no need. He's the one that ruined it for everybody. He's he's put out his hands and knocked people over. And now it's just a, just a you know a business move now when you so point at somebody. In I've got a question for Matt, especially considering that Nate has a podcast called "Don't Feed the Trolls," and mm-hmm. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, giving this guy a whole lot. <laughs> don't of don't spend but... any time on Nate or his podcast. Yeah, skip. Let's make sure to move on. Through <laughs> I didn't that. mean that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> don't let it take up precious minutes. I didn't where mean we have that. I don't want to give this to guy talk about. <laughs> hey, I'm, like. I'm giving you guys press right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, sorry to interrupt here, but I I got to take a second to, to tell you guys a little bit about spare men, and that's S P A R E M I N, as in spare minutes. Uh, we had Neil, the pizza guy, came by to deliver the pizza. We got to talking. One thing led to another, and it turns out he's serious about making a micro podcast about called Neil's Pizza Place. And so you know, you guys know me. I do the you know I do a lot of podcast development. So I thought, man. Maybe I can help this guy out. So I got we've got Neil on Spare Men, and he's do we. I, I walked him through, and we did a pilot test first episode for his podcast. Now his handle on Spare Men is at Neils N E A L S. So I would like if you wouldn't mind go over there to Spare Men, or go to SpareMen dot com, or download it from the iOS store or the Android store, wherever you get your apps, and uh, download it, become a user, and find at Neil's on spare men and listen to this pilot episode of his pizza place podcast. I really do think this spare men idea is cool. It's like a limited short phone call situation where it records them and posts them online. If you want to, you don't have to record them or post them, but that's one of the options available. It's kind of like Snapchat or Instagram or Twitter, something where you have a limit for phone calls. It's five minutes long and you've got to be done. And that really does make a, a pleasant experience. I think it's a great platform. I appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. And I'm looking forward to playing around with it and making some more fun stuff and funny stuff on there. We'll do the BC Pod bonus questions uh, more, too, because that really was fun. So you can find Bad Christian over there, and you can find at Neils on Spare Men. Do it today. Thanks. So, uh, Nate, let me ask you this. So, don't feed the trolls. That's the name of your you and Matt McDonald's podcast. So, there was yeah. a troll that basically said to everyone, "Hey, if if you call yourself a Christian, do not listen to bad Christian podcasts." And basically, along the lines, no, if it, you said, do, it specifically said, "If you support bad Christian, then you you yourself cannot be a Christian." Right. Was basically, and so. So I looked at that, and I used to answer that sort of stuff, and I was just like, and I, now I, I'm starting to understand those sorts of personalities, so I left it alone. Next thing I know, Matt responds with the most brilliant tweet back at him, and so A, I was happy about the tweet the that he sent out, Matt. I, I want you to quote it because it was great. 
But B, I was surprised that you even paid attention to it. So I want to ask Matt, how, how do you decide when you are going to respond? And then, Nate, do you just have a 100% policy, don't ever feed the trolls? So, Matt, what did you say to this guy? Well, Nate could be the, the expert and advisor on it. But to me, there's tons of times where I, th- I see something written by somebody and I want to say something back at them or it causes me uh, anger or I think of a comeback or a slam or whatever it is. And so, yeah, that can be childish in a sense. But on the other hand, I find it valuable to expose points of view that I don't know if people even saw that. I was like, whoa. Like, cause I thought, I think stuff that is, the, the point for me is not to engage somebody and try to beat them or slam them or anything like that. Uh, it, it is, in, but it's quite the interesting social experiment to just expose people to other points of view. I don't think people understand that mentality or that it's even out there um, in that way. And so for me, just to retweet it, and I don't know what my comment was. It just it was a brilliant tweet. That wasn't the point. It was like, I just wanted other people to see it and let them talk about well, it. Well, it's worth mentioning. He was asking to be on our show, and Matt oh, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. said, in good conscience, we can't let yeah. you be on our show because you would be disqualified because it would be seen as supporting us. Yeah, so, so you would, would, you you would no longer be a Christian. Be a Christian. That's a great <laughs> response. Yeah, but he wanted to be on the show. I mean, he was a, a clown and a troll and trying to I – mean, he wanted to be so on the show. So he wanted to be on And so oh, I hate that go. we're talking about him right now. I hate that. I, I would never have that. I, and people are like, ooh, you go to Good Scholarship. I would never have that clown on the show. He's probably <laughs> listening, too. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, Nate, Nate, never yeah. feed the trolls. Ever, 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 ever. Oh, I man. mean, you named a damn well, podcast after not feeding the trolls. If you fed the trolls, that would just debunk everything. Like, you would have to doubt everything about Nate. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, I think I think Matt McDonald's feeds plenty of trolls. Oh, yeah. Um, that's kind of why... He, uh, I don't know. That's kind of why we started the podcast because he just blasts them on Facebook or just kind of puts them <laughs> out there. But I mean, I, I think it's more just like uh, don't let them win, kind of thing. Like don't let the trolls, the inner trolls, the outer trolls, kind of kind of let you have a bad attitude and gotcha, just, gotcha. It, it's I don't think it's just don't pay attention to them because obviously right. they're they're gonna they're gonna find the, a way. But you don't want the point is for me is I'm not gonna engage somebody on one on one level and do battle with them and try to win. Like I can c- pull a trump card and say, uh, whatever, I don't care, you know, or, or or say one thing and let it go. But you can't. The, the further you engage, the worse you will be. So I let other people sort it out. But it's very compelling, and I think the most important thing that I am interested in is is letting, you know, letting exposing other people to these other ideas. And I think as it is with absurd. Uh, conservatism and racism and those things. I don't think a lot of people are aware of how racist or homophobic or overly conservative and fear mongering other people are sometimes. Like yep. I think we live in bubbles where we're not even aware that people like that exist. And so the only way to do battle with it in the long term is just bring it more exposure in a way. But of course not in a way to just make fun of. So to me it's an interesting line if you can expose something like, wow, this is really what people are like. This is what they're talking about when they say this, this, and that. So that's that's my my thing of why. The, why the thing that makes me feel sad is is that's probably what most big time mega church pastors or anybody thinks about our podcast. Well, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean sure. they think we're we're just trolls that are are latching on to them and talking bad about them just to get mm-hmm. famous. So which is right well I not to get famous, <laughs> but which is right sometimes. I mean, yeah, for sure. We've seriously taken something that Driscoll has done or said and made a whole podcast episode on it. So I yeah. guess that's trolling. More like more like don't feed the parasites. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, speak, great point, Dan. With with your uh, <laughs> with your prayer comment, uh, let me ask you this, Dan. I just actually had someone ask me, and I, I this is uh, I hate saying this sort of stuff, but I'll just go ahead and say it anyway. I, I actually don't even know if they asked me, but somebody asked somebody else to pray because someone in their family had broken their arm. And I don't have any problem with anybody asking for prayer about anything. I think we should just be open with what we want to pray about. But I started thinking, I was like, man, there's a lot of bad things going on in this world. And that arm is already broken. So what do you want me to pray about? Like, you want me to pray that it's not broken anymore? And Toby made a good point. Like, the body's already in the process of healing it. Like, what do y'all think about those sorts of prayer requests? Oh, like, Toby- man, I have I have a great, a great little story for you to kind of, I, I, I think, I think there is a problem there theologically, but I remember in high school, I had a history uh, teacher who we had zero period hour and you could bring up prayer requests to him. Some kid raises his hand. I kid you not. This is like top five Christian scars in my heart of like, yeah. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I can handle being a Christian anymore because of this, this kind of stuff. But he said, uh, my friend, my friend's brother committed suicide. I'd like to pray for the family. The teacher says, well, we can pray for them to feel better, but we can't pray for the guy who committed suicide because he's in hell. Oh, good and I was Lord. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the whole Lord. class just went, what? Oh, man. Because he couldn't ask forgiveness for that last sin. So I raised my hand, and he goes, Nate, this isn't theology class. Put your hand down. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> he just turned it into theology class by I saying know. that. But good that's like. Lord. That's, that's the Christian school I went to. So I'm a little, yeah, that was a trolling thing to say and do, but I. Ever since then, yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. Well, do you think because God exists outside, I, I thought about this, is is there good in praying for the dead? If God see, like we say, we'll say, oh, God sees beginning to end. It, he doesn't see on linear, but then we're not going to pray for people that are already dead. Like, why wouldn't we say, hey, Lord, I know my grandpa died, but I'm praying for him two years ago. Uh, what, why wouldn't we do that? Well, Why both, wouldn't we? both Catholics and Eastern Orthodox pray to saints to intercede on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's so crazy. I mean, if we think that there's something going on that is more than just physical life. I mean, if you're a materialist yeah. and you believe that there's only a physical universe, then maybe it would be, maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe material is more, you know, has more properties that we don't know, but um you know, I don't know, like you're talking about the arm thing, like in the Lord's prayer, it's deliver us from evil. I mean, you could argue that like pain and suffering are types of evil and it's just like good to have a posture of reliance. I think that obviously what you're saying and I would agree is like there's an over-reliance on sort of like spiritualizing everything. Yeah. You know, like I was listening to Ask Science Mike today in the car and this guy called in and was asking about like a psychological disorder and he was like, should I see a psychiatrist as well as, or instead of like a counselor at my church. And Mike's like, you should definitely see a psychiatrist about that. Like it's a psychological disorder and that's wise. Like that's just like normal wisdom, but you can also like, I don't know, you could maybe you break your arm and you know, you're the kind of person that when bad things happen to you, you get bitter. And so, you know, maybe you're praying for them and you know, that's like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it seems harmless. I mean, are you saying are you wasting your time? You should well, that, put your time that gets towards something interesting else? because you can't you can't necessarily talk about the efficiency or expedience of prayer because then you essentially would commoditize it and therefore yeah. you must be praying for the most pressing things as could be categorized. <laughs> yeah, or else no, I agree. Well, right. well, plus, y'all are missing a lot. This guy's prayers are now that you should be praying for this guy. Guy's healing because his prayers are ineffective because he can't use his arm to point to people to pray. <laughs> so I feel bad for that guy. I mean, his his prayers are like nothing. They're gone. He can't help point at people. He can extend his arm. It's a question of multiplication. You know, you need him to have his arm back so other prayers can work and so on down the line. Well, I, well, here's the problem I have is maybe the like you were saying maybe. We all think of pain and suffering is so bad, but maybe it's not. Maybe that's a part of the human condition that actually does help us. Maybe the kid fell and broke his arm so that he would never break. You know, you learn also that when you jump off something, you shouldn't. You break your arm or whatever it is. You know, you touch a stove, a hot stove. You know, oh, wait, I need to be aware of certain things. So you actually are learning a lesson that is really good through the pain. Yeah. And I'm not saying pain in itself. Obviously, it hurts, but that's just a short little thing there that is the greater lesson it might be okay. I'm like, yeah, Lord, thank you for breaking it. You right. could pray. Thank you for breaking his arm for all the things that are good are coming out of it. And I think that, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's kind of my issue is I think this person, it was said in a way of Lord, uh, Hey guys, can you just pray about my broken arm? And it's for, it's just praying about that. Now, if it yeah, was well. this person's getting depressed about it, or this person's in pain or, or, or this person does carpentry or, or something like that, but just, okay, his arm's broke. Do you, take, yeah, you take you the same line on sexual assault or rape, Toby right. and Joey? Well, I mean, what are you going to do? It's already happened, and you're going to learn from it. It's good. Well, it's, I think it's the response, right? You're praying to have courage. You're praying to have a better attitude. Totally. Versus praying, praying for Harry Potter to magically fix your arm. Right, but I'm right? saying it breaks down a little bit when you're saying, yeah, but see, it was actually part of your learning and good for you. you well, I, I don't know. Where if you, do you stop, Matt? Like, if somebody has a cold, hey, hey, I got a prayer No, no, request. I understand, I got a cold. but I'm just saying if you take it both directions, it becomes absurd one way. But on the other hand, I mean, you wouldn't say, well, see, I mean, that's just the way God works. You get raped, and it helps you learn not to walk down dark alleys. No, I the think the question <laughs> we need to have, Joey, maybe where you're getting is we need to have, like, a good at least some sort of good scaffolding for like, how does God intersect with suffering? Like, are you just saying, Hey, pray for my arm because I'm suffering. It hurts and I don't want to suffer. Well then pastorally, it might be your responsibility to sort of point that out and say, well, that's not really what the gospel is about. If, if you can use that as an opportunity to say, the world is full of suffering and you will suffer. And when you do, yeah, you know where God is. He is with you in that. That's yeah. what we, that's what we believe. Then that's, that could be good. And maybe you can like point at that direction or something, but. Well, this, yeah. this reminds me of something. What happens if it's an unspoken prayer request? Oh, the then we don't even know what it is. <laughs> same, yeah. same class, the same history professor, the nerdy kid. Every day he would increase how many unspokens he had, and finally the guy put a cap on it. You can only have fifteen unspoken. <laughs> oh my gosh! He would say, "He would say, uh, uh, God, pray for unspoken number four. You know, he would say, "I have fourteen unspoken no, prayer requests." No, Yes, he would. No. Hey, well, what I what I used to love in youth group is amazing. Is, what I love is, let's say there's like sixteen people in youth group, and two people had a prayer request, and everybody else is sitting silent. 
But then the third person says, I have a hun- unspoken. And then like the uh, like six or seven, I was like, oh, well, shit. Oh, yeah. uh, we I can do that. Well, I got an unspoken too. I got some of those too. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, you should go off. That I have an funny. inutterable. Man, nobody's saying anything. <laughs> like, we'll take it to the next level. level. <laughs> like, you have a sign that you hold up that yeah. says, I have a you know what. And you don't even speak it. I have a request it. that cannot be named. Yeah. You take it to a serious level. Like, unbelievable. Well, you, and we'd like to now bring to God all the questions that can't be answered. Like, could you make a rock too big for yourself to lift? I have a Maybe this is just a, maybe maybe that's just the mind going on like a really good journey to get to what prayer probably really more is is like the contemplative side like hey we can't say anything so we're just going to sit here and think about it for a while you know that's just the uh, that's just the way the heart wants to get to the real stuff Thomas true Merton that. style you know hey the hey, uh, true that true that the Taylor Swift video with Sherwood I got a question like is there any <laughs> sort of, of the speaking of the real stuff Nate uh, that Taylor <laughs> Swift video is yeah. is uh, I, I don't know if we talked about this on air or not, but I know Toby and I, is there any risk there at all? Like, could she come back and say, hey, I didn't like you guys doing that? No, she she sang it, man. She was just on her treadmill and she okay, just cool. sang the words. So. The, only risk, I mean, the only we, risk is her lo- falling in love with the record so much that she doesn't have time to write her own record. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think of it as like uh, she I would love laugh. It. I would yeah. laugh. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it depends on, I think, the context. But uh, I think Taylor Swift has a thousand of those things going on. Are you the mastermind second. behind all y'all's videos, like the Back to the Future one? He is. Nate is. Nate. The master. Hey, yeah. Why don't we take a break I, and I, talk a little bit about Sherwood? Would that be cool with you guys? Let's, Let's do that. Maybe we can even play a song or something, man. Yeah, we got songs. Yeah, for sure. That's Hell a good yeah. idea. Hell yeah. Can we do a premiere, Dan and Nate? Yeah, premiere. Sure, right. yeah. Oh, you want to pick a song? Can yeah, I, let's do something special. Can I? Sherwood. Are we on the air still? <laughs> yeah, we're about to go to break. We can I, talk. I really got to pee. Can I pee yep. during the break? Yep. Just Absolutely. Go, just man. Go now, we'll be right back. Just go in your shorts. Okay, I'll be right back. One second. Tell you what would be a good ad here. You know, sometimes we do really specific stuff, but let's you let's let's utilize this time in the middle of our podcast to genuinely applaud a certain record label, a certain division of a certain record label. And I want to talk about solid state music. Woo! Hell to the yeah. Kick-ass music, kick-ass label, keeping it strong even still today, and even maybe even having what I would call a resurgence, I would even say. Oh, yeah, yeah for, for sure, sure, man. When you we've make been, great music, that's what happens. Yeah, we've been listening to Solid State now for like 15 daggum years, and they're still cranking out unbelievable stuff. Um, They've got new records, too, from a bunch of bands. In fact, it's weird because it spans a, a big time period. They've got, they've got new records coming out from Silent Planet, who we do a lot of stuff for because they're great. Forevermore, Norma Jean, Fit for a King, and Wolves at the Gate. So they're really in a hot streak here. So it would be a shame almost to focus too much on one band. But let's do Silent Planet again, though. I really like this song. I think it's a great one. This song is called Panic Room. So I'm going to let you hear a little bit of what Solid State is rocking with lately. And this is Panic Room by Silent Planet.
listening to Panic Room, a song from Silent Planet's new record, Everything Was Sound. And these guys are going to be playing in this summer's Warp Tour. All of these bands will be on the road over the next few months uh, on some huge tours, man. You've got to go to Solid. Hey, follow them on Twitter at Solid State. Get band updates, store updates, much more by following Solid State. You got to keep an eye because the next couple of months, man, amazing vinyls coming out. But, man, Norma Jean, Forevermore, Silent Planet, Fit for King, Wolves at the Gate. Good a, yeah, Lord. Big, How can all those bands end up on the same label? It's good. Weebly's made it really easy to make websites. Uh, I put together the Emory Acoustic website that we did all that stuff, the live stream. I did, promoted that, took an email capture, sold tickets embedded right into Weebly. Did a bunch of technical stuff that I would not know how to do. I couldn't do it in code and I did it on Weebly. Weebly really does make it easy for you to make your own website. Trust me, I'm not a genius. Hey, Matt, you are not a genius and that is why you have to have Weebly. That's right. Weebly was created for people with the courage, maybe not all the brains to figure this stuff out yet, but the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. Again, you Mm -hmm. don't need to be a web designer. You don't even need to know code or anything to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store. It is so sweet. We were all very impressed with the wide variety of professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes to choose from. All of us were. Then, all you simply have to do is drag and drop quickly, build and publish your site. It's yeah. just too easy. Oh, I can't you can believe do it, it. On, on mobile, too. Like, you can really do real updates to your website from your phone while you're at the train station. I mean, it, if you, you, know, it's not, you don't even have to be on a desktop, and that's, that's pretty special. So, it's I think best. it's great. So why wait? What are you waiting for? Join the over 30 million people who are already dreaming big with Weebly. Get started today for free at Weebly.com slash badchristian. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash badchristian. One more time, Weebly.com slash badchristian. Also, folks, audio feed. I want to get this reminder in there that audio feed is coming up and that we've been talking about on the show and we'll continue because we're very excited. We're going to play the question from front to back with Devin. We're going to do the podcast live there, and Toby and I and Devin are going to do a special acoustic set. So go to badchristianday.com and get your tickets. We, are, we know you already know about it, and you haven't got your tickets yet. So go ahead and pull the trigger on that. That's, that's where you get them. That helps us out, gives us a cut of the proceeds if you buy it through that link. So go to badchristianday.com, and we will see you in Illinois, Urbana, Illinois, 4th of July weekend. And we're back. Well, so let's do a song. That's, that'd be fun to do. Which one would you like to do, Dan? I'll let you choose it. We could do that one from the Taylor Swift video, if you like, since you didn't really yeah, premiere that song. It's just got clips in it, right? It's just a clip, and I don't think most people have probably heard it. So this is the first track from the upcoming Sherwood record, Some Things Never Leave You. The song is called Outside In. Thank you for doing the setup for me there. I nice. like that. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, You're you pro, do. dude. Yeah. Pro level. Okay. All right, let's, let's roll the whole track here. Ooh. 
Raise your hand if you listen to the whole What's thing. The, yeah, if you if you didn't Unless fast you have forward, a broken arm. Didn't they do you. the one point five X? Raise your that? hand unless you have a broken arm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, some the people don't dude, skip it. They just the one, one dude's 5. like, I'm trying, I'm trying to tell you guys. Um. So what's the idea on that end to do a just a do a breakdown of majorness? Major key. You mean how loud it gets? Yeah. It was interesting because it's something in music that I always uh, gravitate towards. And that is to do something, I would call it, put an element of complexity there where it's not what you'd expect okay. and then make it work. So to me, uh, in my head, that's something that's super heavy and a breakdown, except for instead of, right. oh, dark and minor, whatever, it's, right. it's a very happy and major thing. So it's like two things that don't go together and it's an element of complexity. So it's almost as if those two things would fight each other for effect, but it actually works out to be a, a more complex flavor yeah i mean i think for me it's like it's kind of shoegazy you know it's like that 90s power pop you know verby guitars but it's it's still poppy um that stuff is like so fun and i just dan you know what i was gonna call it what? i was gonna call it it it's like solemn pop because it's pop. seriously pop? It, it's got like a solemn vibe to it but it's very poppy it's very happy it's fun to listen to but it's not bubblegum pop. Well, maybe Nate, maybe Nate could speak to that because I think a lot of that comes from the lyrics, actually. And Nate was Nate was a lot was very involved with me this time around uh, lyrically, and that's kind of something that we talked about, right, Nate? Yeah, I mean, this song to me is kind of like almost. I almost thought about it a lot after the fact. It kind of feels like it's about someone with depression, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why so it internally so true with me. That's why. That's so it. internally focused you just you can't get out 
outside of you can't get out of your own way you know uh too much negative right. thinking that that to me is more and more what the song seems to be kind of about but yeah now when when you guys go hard but, like hard that big huge ending as well is that like are y'all like hell yeah is i mean obviously sherwood's <laughs> never been known for like rocking out or hardcore breakdowns or anything but is that like somewhere like hell yeah this is awesome for me dude that's like oh it's like my favorite moment of the whole record just just personally just like getting fuzzy and huge and like because that's the thing like live that is kind of what our our shows were and would be for like the best moments you know we would kind of change a lot of the songs uh to just really have fun and get really loud live and so but we always were kind of this pop band we were like I don't know, navigating certain waters of accessibility maybe or, or yeah. something like that. So it was fun this time to just be like, we're th- in our thirties. If it feels like it should get super loud, let's just do that. And I remember being in the mastering booth, even with Ed Brooks being like, let's, we're even going to make that hit harder than you think it would like make the rest of the track up till they're a little bit quieter mm, so yeah. that it just goes blah. And people go, whoa, I either got to turn my stereo down or right. they go, fuck yeah. Right. Live Would you say that's the morning wood part of the, the record, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get morning wood when that song comes on, I think, right. see your doctor. I think we're in the, the most, we're going to be in a more creative place musically than we've seen in, in a long time as far as uh, unconstricted by what an audience may think or yeah. a format or radio sure. or commercial thing. I think that it's it's just a free as free a time as it's ever been and i wonder how many more good bands or established people will make even farther and farther departures from what would be a radio format since nobody cares near as much about those things anymore we might we might yeah. see some really experimental stuff from some really good bands which is not i mean which is not to say that the Sherwood record is like super experimental no. it's not it sounds like us but it's the kind of thing that you know uh, I might have thought twice about putting that loud bridge in mm-hmm. there on a previous record. I might have thought twice about that final chorus not being a whole full chorus, mm-hmm. but just kind of part of it. But this time I was like, no, right. I don't even, we never even thought twice about it. It's well, just like, what does it need? What does it want to do? Do it. When I'm evaluating a band, I'm always looking for whatever they do that's the least like anybody else, not what fits a form or format. And it's, right. it's free to do. It's like the most unique thing about a band is what you need to lean into. Like if you're Copeland, you sing falsetto extra and be extra light. You know, if you're heavy, be extra heavy. You know, don't try to toe the line. I don't think that ever serves you that well. Like our first song on our yeah. new record, there's no distortion. And it's all pretty the whole time, and that's the first song. My and, favorite and, tune, right? So why? Well, the whole, but that's cool. Like that, there's no reason not to do that. Like you used to would have thought, well, yeah. you got to have something catchy. It needs to have a chorus here. It's mm. gonna be the first song, but that just isn't. That doesn't matter anymore. Well, Matt, Dan told the, me before we or before we did uh, the deal with BC. You know, our handshake deal, mm-hmm. big 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 contract with the website, <laughs> hundred page paper contract we signed. He was like, really, I want to go with BC, Dan or Nate, because I want to get in Emory. I want to be in Emory and get it's hard and break stone. it down. He just that wanted to be in. long-term plan, which now Dan's you've always, laid bare. Yeah, you so, <laughs> That was the whole goal. But you guys didn't bring him in your band, so now we have to try to try to emulate it as much as we can on our It own. hasn't worked out. He's on the waiting <laughs> list. Well, re- real quick, I know we're talking about Sherwood, but I, I'm... Circle cur- pit. Curiosity is is killing me. Matt, with, with what you just said, in retrospect, do you disagree with Tooth and Nail's decision to have walls 
lead weeks in. No, but that was a, that was a different time. But I will say that they were right. We didn't want to do that, and they made us do that. And I'm glad they did. And they were right, right. in 2004. I think that was the right call, and especially. Even that song, I don't know. I think that song was boundary stretching anyway for the time, though. And it was all those other things. However, when we did I'm Only a Man, they insisted we release the party song first, which I think was a terrible nightmare of a disaster of a choice that we let them do based on the fact that they were right about Walls on the first album. But it made it seem like our more experimental album was a poppy radio attempt, which kind of really killed the whole idea of what that record was supposed to be. So that was a big mistake by by contrast. Mm -hmm. But they're right about Walls. Oh, God, that's a control. Those are the days with like a song, like, you know, putting songs in order actually affected the overall yeah. vibe and success of your album. Yeah. Does that totally. even, I don't even think that even happens anymore. I don't even think people hear like one song and a million different places. Yeah, and definitely. There's no control anymore. So you, who cares? Yeah, I mean, I really. remember like when that record, when I'm Only a Man came out, I heard the party song and I was like, don't care about Emory right. anymore. They just went radio, <laughs> even though it was the least went, thing, you know. I I like literally didn't give it a listen right. after I heard that song or like whatever the one or one or two tracks on pure volume or something and that was the first one. Right. And then we we played Purple Door with you guys in 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when and you wanted to be back in the band. No, but you played other songs from that record and I was watching <laughs> and I was like these are awesome. Like what like what record are these from? I asked you afterwards and you guys were like they're from the new record. And I was like, "Oh, so there's like a side B that's like totally different no, that's the and only really song that's not it. the party song is the only song that's like commercial right. at all sound right you know right. And the, the, all the, the whole rest of the, the whole the rest of the record is is interesting and experimental and exploratory and so, what's really hilarious still how, is it's also that still is like one of our maybe the second most downloaded song like you know you know what i mean like it still is mm, one of the highest yeah. rankings and which is so hilarious we got Killed for it, and it's still one of the most popular songs we've ever done, which is crazy. It's just bad time. It's mm. just bad strategy. But I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody. Tooth and nail, put their yeah. tooth and nail in our buttholes, and then <laughs> really, hey, so I, I we're not that expecting happens. that. We just weren't expecting sometimes. this. You know, <laughs> if they'd asked, I didn't know who you guys were when I listened to Sherwood back in the day, and this this is going to sound really messed up, but the only. The album that I had was the one with the big tree on it. Sing But Keep Going. Yep. So I don't really know the Sherwood history. Are the guys that are in the band now, like, is that your original lineup or is it just you two or like, what's what's the story there? Yeah. And who do you have going on this tour, which I'm really happy is happening, by the way. Okay. So right after, that was our first album and our guitar player, Chris, left right after that. You're replacing a boner and ED. Yeah, boner and ED joined. <laughs> David joined, and then David was in the band from 2007 on till 2012 when we broke up. And Mikey and David are the other. So it's Nate, Joe, and I. Joe plays drums. Mike and Dave are doing these reunion shows that we're playing, uh, but they were not involved in the album. They chose. They opted out. They're working on some other stuff right now, and they live far away and so we respected that but so we're all together for the shows but it was nate joe and i who did the record um so a little bit different but not like Uh, i don't know i mean i think historically it was a bulk of it was kind of same so it felt the same to me in some senses like you do a, a bulk of the music and the lyrics and everything else. But anyway, I'm not trying I also to downplay. Used to be a, I also used to be a micromanager <laughs> more so than I am now. So I used to sort of like, even if other people had really good ideas, I would often override them. So then I, even if so you yeah. knew they were good, 
Well, no, I was, I couldn't know. I couldn't see that they were good. No, really. I like, I couldn't see that they were good because they were in opposition to me and I was too immature. Would you say that you took every idea that another person has a threat? No, because obviously we used some of them, but I think that I did not give my other bandmates the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. until probably this last record. Um, and although <laughs> I don't think he'll mind me saying our drummer Joe has earned that a little bit because the oftentimes the first thing he'll throw out is like, listen to the two minute mark on this Amy Grant song <laughs> for like some idea. And it's like, Joe, I mean, but which we have used a couple of I those ideas. I thought that ideas, was a joke so. for a while, but I think he literally loves Amy no, Grant. No, it's, it's not a joke. Heart, heart not Motion joke. is really a good album. I mean, it's I'm his just jam, dude. Insert that. Yeah, but, yeah, no, but, but it's not the it's it's not the reference album to go to when you're kind of a rock pop band, right? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, you'd be surprised what Joe can pull out of those Amy Grant records. But uh, no, so like I think it's mostly on on me to kind of like I wasn't. I think that I I discounted other band members' ideas at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. they'd have to be really good for me to consider them. Meanwhile, I let lyrics like. If you could only hear the beat, beat, beat of my beating heart, then maybe we, we, we would never be apart. I put that on a record, so <laughs> I don't think I am. He who is without sin, it's not me. So Hey, so is this like... Yeah. Uh, well, hold on real, real quick. I Dan, I, I'm glad that you said that, and I kind of agree. I think one thing is, I do believe, obviously, same way with me, with writing some of our music. Matt and I, mm-hmm. big, big-time writers for our music. Devin was, too, when he was in the band. But us three were kind of the primary everything. And uh, one thing about it, too, is like with the micromanaging and stuff, there is something to be said. Like I can almost handle better if people don't like something that I did. But if I let somebody else's input go on the record and then people didn't like it or it didn't work out well, I'd feel worse. Like, And that mm-hmm. that's, that's a sign of my immaturity. But that is a micromanaging thing of I can handle me making a mistake better than somebody else. Almost. Hmm. That's I, interesting. Know, so I think that's I was more... I was more afraid of people really liking their ideas oh, <laughs> I than I was about saving them from humiliation or something. I mean, I, well, you I never know, though. But let me let me talk to the counterpoint of that. Is I've seen well, it exists in in every band, ours too, but even more so from recording bands and engineering and watching Sprinkle and other producers sort through other stuff that I've engineered on. It's insane to watch some of those dynamics in bands where. In a lot of bands, and I'd say pretty close to every band, there's one or more people that try to have ideas that don't really have any business having ideas. And in fact, don't even feel that strong (laughs) about the ideas anyway, but feel like they have to try. And so they'll come with this vague thing and say, hey, what if we did a, a, you know, um, like a, a build after that part, <laughs> knowing that that really wasn't where the person was going, and it's not really an idea; it's kind of a non-idea. <laughs> right. And then, yeah. and then you see the whole room go, "Oh, okay." And and, and it, you know, and you just and you try sure. to go along with that person to some degree. But at some point, if you're making art and you do think your opinion's better than theirs, or if Aaron Sprinkle's opinion's better than this bass player who's trying to have his two ideas per week or whatever right. it is. <laughs> Should you should you allow it? Just because I mean, what what should you really do there? So it's kind of a tough question because you don't want to be disrespectful or say, well, right. but I'm the one with the talent here. How but there has to be, yeah. How there has to be, be, yeah. I think you know a, a skill in a band is to know how how good or bad your ideas are. Yeah, that's a skill. So you know, I, I focus on the things I think I'm better at and let Dan do the things he's better at. And I think. Cause I kind of pieced together the band. I, I would say I went to Dan and said, Hey, you're a better songwriter than me. Mikey, you can play keyboards. Let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to go convince Joe to drum. Cause he's a good drummer. Yeah. I didn't, 
I couldn't do any of those things myself, but I knew other people who were good at them. So I would say that's what I brought to the mm-hmm. band is I kind of could identify different talents and say, you do this, you do that, you do that, I'll do these things. So that's a that's a skill, but you know, it's it's hard when you start getting some success mm-hmm. and people want to know who writes the words, who writes the songs, and then right. it kind of becomes territorial. But and you I've definitely um, seen bands where they undervalued dumb. the other people and thought it was all about them and didn't, you right. know, when people yeah. say, Oh, but it's the whole band, it's not just that one guy, and then he th- he fires all his members and thinks it's the same, and it ain't the same. So that happens. Nate, Nate was like the Lou Perlman of Sherwood, like the guy who put together the Backstreet Boys yeah. and in sync. Except he was except in the band. He He's like Lou yeah, Pearlman, I mean, except, but I'm going to be the singer. <laughs> we have some. We, we have a bass player and a singer left. I guess that's me. I guess. Oh, well, I guess, guys. I couldn't find anybody better. <laughs> I guess that's me. I talked myself out of a job. I'll just, I'll just manage Sherwood from the sidelines. What made you guys decide no, yeah. to do the, the do the touring things? Last time, I mean, we we discussed it a yeah. long time ago, and it was just like you were like, we ain't going to do it. So you should do it. Uh, Matt McDonald kind of. He was like Nate. Give the record a chance, yeah, bro. A chance. Right. And I was like, I was like, yeah. Also, I think I was maybe I was more reticent to do it. And I think that I sat on the record, you know, we finished it back in the mm-hmm. fall. So it's like And what and what uh, band sabotaging character flaw do you attribute that one to? <laughs> I got so many to choose from. I got my Rolodex here. Let me uh let me flip through. No, but I I think just because like, I don't know, I'm selfish and <laughs> I have ideas about what I want to do with my summer or my time. But um I don't know, is is fun like hearing the record finished and then playing it for a few people like we had some friends uh we asked some friends to help us choose like some of the singles if you recall, and like just talking to people about the record. No, give us the vibes. Give us their vibes. Like just talking about the those songs with people, I was like, oh shoot, like we we did like a, we made like a real thing here that like at least some people are really into and, and I'm really into it if I'm honest with myself. So like it made me more like, I want to, all right, I want to play these. I want to hang out with my bandmates again and I think I just, for me, as a, a partly it was a personal journey of like, I need to be willing to do these things and not sort of like ahead of time maximize the efficiency of every week of my life, you know, which doesn't end up working out anyway. So that was part of it for me. Yeah, because most people would find that depressing because most people, you said, because you, you wanted to have your whole summer to do what you want to do. I'd, I'd, I would wager to say most people would say getting to go on tour would be what they would want to do with their summer, no? Yeah. Well, we, we, yeah. After they do two whole warp tours, see if they still feel that way. Is this the best? Is this the best Sherwood album ever? Do y'all do y'all really truly think that? Is was it? It's fun getting back and writing a new record. I think it's the most intentional Sherwood record ever. There's really no agenda to like do anything but write and record songs that we think are good. So. That could mean it's the best. What would you but, say was an agenda previously? Uh, every record we had our long talks about, you know, the idea of making it as a band mm-hmm. influences the kind of songs you write. Like if I yeah. if I could have gone back, I probably would have pu- pulled Dan aside and say, let's stick with the sing but keep going sound, the Beach Boys thing. Mm-hmm. If we keep perfecting that sound and doing it better and not go more pop in the in the terms of like slick production or whatever. Maybe we'll come out on the other side with a lot more longevity. Um, but I think there was some rise and fall with the MySpace popularity that kind of took us up and then kind of let us down. So that's my opinion. I would say we were kind of in this, hey, be successful now. Yeah. You know, 
and that influences we had to pay the bills too yeah i mean it's so it was a right the struggle was real as they say we didn't make any money and, we, and all of our friends were successful and they had a certain sound and we were going and we got on tours bef- like before with the record came out mm-hmm. so it was like it influenced like we're on these tours already. How did that happen? I don't know. Well, yeah. So, so you feel like you got to be a little more honest on this record? Like you wrote it for the songs and for the the record then is what you're saying. There was, oh, there was yeah. no like, oh, well, we do, we are trying to get bigger or we are, we do need to get on this tour or that tour, any of that. It was like really about the music on this record. Yeah. Nate and I, well, in fact. Yeah. I don't even know if I want a tour. I, I'm so busy. <laughs> I just want to make albums <laughs> uh, and that's it, you know? Right. No, like we actually decided to make the record partially because Nate and I had just kind of spent a lot of time talking and like realized that we wanted to say the same things. Right. So then it was like, well, we can say those on a record. And so then, you know, so I kind of started thinking if I wanted to write the songs and, you know, so I would say, is it the best? I don't, I don't know. Like for me as the principal songwriter, like I think back to, early records and when I was like younger and more depressed and I was using music to sort of like make sense of things, um, you know, faith questions and relationships and loneliness. And like, there's some, there's some moments that came out of that, that I'm, I'm sort of like, I still kind of can't believe I, I came up with that. Now I don't, I'm not saying I was any kind of genius. There's just little, little things though, that like, Oh, how did that ever come out of me? Like it was crazy kind of like taking pain and turning it into something else. So I think that's different. Like there's not as much of that now we're like, this album is about moving toward being a healthy adult. Yeah. Um, but I do think that like, there's, there is no more agenda. Like Nate said, even on Q, which, which would have been my favorite record, our third record, we really wanted to be an indie band and not just an emo band. So, you know, we made choices to that end. This record is just like, dude, whatever these songs want to be. And I, I do feel like it's probably like the truest Sherwood record. Like, um, and I don't know, I, th- I think some people will think it's best. It's just really hard with bands that you've, you've liked for many years. Like it's, you can't separate your experience from a band's first album or a second album. So, right. I mean, are people going to be able to like it so much that it will trump the fact that our second record reminds them of the best summer of their life? I mean, probably it's not going to be able to trump that. Mm-hmm. If they could hear them both today, would they like the new one better? Yeah, I think a lot of people would. But there will be new kids out there losing their virginity sure. to this album, and they'll remember that losing their- thing. I mean, <laughs> don't, right. don't discount that. They have broken arms. That's yeah. true. That's true. And That's what true. I heard is this album's more about Donald Trump than any other yeah. album before. So thank you, Dan, for you know talking about your political yeah. views. Well, so. I was going to say, it will be really interesting to... Go ahead, Nate. I was going to say, Matt and, Matt and uh, Toby, you know, like if you could put a percentage on how many songs that you guys wrote in your whole career that you as, you know, mid to late 30s are still excited about, what was what what percentage of Emery songs are you like, yeah, that fits my age. I can still listen to that and be proud of that as like how with how old I am now and what I like. Well, we, we have almost 100 songs total published. So you can, the math on that would be easy. Each song would be a percentage point. So the answer, let me think about it. Uh, yeah, zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Negative. <laughs> I like listening to some of our old songs because of the memories, but that's it. Nothing you've done translates. Emery is about memories. No, memories. But it really, memories. I, it, oh, yeah. no, there's no way to even, about I don't memories. have any way to possibly the memories, like man. assess. The, I mean, you know, it's nostalgic enough for somebody to listen to it in a period, but there's like positive and negative nostalgia associated with the way you perceive your own songs. So sure, I don't I feel sure, any sure. accurate. I really am of the mindset that 
that I turn the music, turn it loose. It's not mine to evaluate at all is the way I look at it. One of my favorite things is to, uh, I'll pop in one of our old records or on Spotify or whatever. And, uh, I really like going, oh, I haven't heard that song literally in a few years. Oh, that one part is pretty badass. <laughs> that is what I like. I don't know if I yeah. ever think back to the song yeah. like, oh, man, we're, we're awesome, and I'm going to listen to this now a bunch. I don't think that, but I, it is fun to stumble upon, wait a minute, we're, we're a pretty cool band every once in a while. That's kind of neat. That's more what I was talking about. Do you think Bono puts on Joshua Tree and goes, man, this is a great record? I think that Bono is, is a way different personality type than I am, and I do think he is capable. I'm not saying he's a dickhead or whatever, but there's a lot of artists that take the, their art seriously in a way. Is that there anything I do wrong with Bono saying that? No, there's not. I'm just saying that I'm incapable of oh, that yeah, mindset there isn't. personally. But I think there's a lot of good artists that legitimately do respect their own art and think of it in that way. But I, I'm certain I'm incapable of that. To me, it's this about making it and getting excited as I make it. But when I turn it in, I just don't ask me after that. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of art, my, my art is the truth and I want to talk about it. Would you guys mind joining us for the damn news? <laughs> oh yeah. I just, before we do that, if you guys ever need a name for your fan club, yes. you should call it the Emery's. The Emery's? Like memories. Like the what? Like memories. Oh, like the memory. Like memories. Emery's are for memories. Something some you, kind of play on that. Are you saying mammaries? Yeah, the mammary club? No, I'm not. Yeah, of course God. you're asking me that. Commit this to mammary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is the new Emory album name. I love Dan that. Dan likes to take my <laughs> jokes and kind of re rehash them and... Make them worse. Micromanage them. Make them worse or a little bit better. One of the two. Depends. All right, Matt, <laughs> kick the music. Rolling. The damn news. In a world where your friend Dan loves talking about women's boobs in scientific terms like mammaries, my name is Toby Morrell. It's the damn news. All right. Uh, y'all want a, uh, uh, a surgery one or a one about tattoos? We got to do both, man. I love them. They said both sound great. Surgery. Surgery. All right. This is Fox News Health. Fox News Health, I thought this was pretty interesting. Choose your own news story. I love it. Lawsuit. After surgery, man's scrotum was four feet in diameter. Four hmm. feet in diameter? Yeah. Yeah. An Oregon couple want Kaiser Permanente to pay them more than $1 million claiming the hernia surgery the husband obtained from the health care provider ultimately cost him his left testicle. Hmm. Uh, but before that happened... It would seriously look like one of those lizards. Its neck gets really big, like the head of the penis. Yeah, and then its neck is the scrotum. Kind of gives, you know yeah. It kind of gives sheds light on like, like a, a I'd, give my, I'd give my left nut for a million dollars. Like you like could spread your scrotum out and look like a peacock. But before that happened, according to a lawsuit filed this month in Portland, the man experienced significant testicle and scrotal pain and swelling. Ow. His scrotum at one point swelling to eighty pounds and over forty-eight inches in diameter. Now here's mm -hmm. the thing: I'm just throwing it out here. What was he thinking at 10 pounds, 10 inches in diameter? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why did he wait till 80 pounds? You know, hey, you know what? It might go, it's 48 pounds now, but it'll probably go back down. I mean, what? Think I'm on the mend. Kind of, yeah, I know. You know what? It looks a little smaller today. Uh, let's Doesn't see. Doesn't happen a lot with uh, hernia surgeries? I don't know. I've it's never heard this before. You've heard it? You've heard of this before, Nate? Yeah, my, he my has friend's a little friend. brother had that happen to him. Yeah, his friend. His friend to him. had this happen. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I was about 12, I mean, uh, my friend, yeah, no, it happens. It can swell up. It, it like something happens. Because I thought for a long time that a hernia was when your 
when your ball gets stuck because of that. And then later I learned, oh, no, it's just your abdominal muscles pushing through. Mm. But I thought it had something to do with your balls. But, hey, I don't know. You can Wikipedia that. You're the damn news. You're right. Basically, he's looking for a million dollars and and $77,000 in lost wages. It happened over a three-year duration. Jeez. So the only thing here is it just seems like, why did he wait? Like, did I mean, he... That's the thing I don't understand about this. And I guess there's no uh, statute of limitations or something on this. Like you can, how long, I don't know anything about medical stuff, but I guess you can go back and say, hey, you did this to me. So now my ball is huge and, and that's that. And then I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, hey, from, from my, my, my grandfather did not, did not end up dying of testicular cancer. Right. Uh, they did the surgery and all that, but he was afraid to go to the doctor is one of those things of, well, I don't want bad news. And so he literally waited until his testicle was the size of an apple. So it wasn't him thinking, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. It was, I just don't want to hear what's wrong with it. Good God. Just putting off the finding out of the bad news and hoping, you know, you know, wishful thinking. My grandfather actually had a different surgery and they needed to check his prostate or something like that. And so the doctor actually had to put his finger up his, you know, up his butthole and check him, and then they were like, wait a minute, something might be wrong. So they actually did a certain, found out that he actually did have colon cancer, like the earliest stage of colon cancer, and they saved him. Mm -hmm. But my grandfather, I think till his death even, thought that that doctor was gay. <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> not kidding. He did not understand. And he literally, like, he like. what's funny is my mom worked at the hospital that gay at that time and, and knew life. the guy, and, and she told me that. Like, it's so funny thinking back to this. This, like, this is, like, late 80s, early 90s or something. And he said, yeah, he said, I, I mean, that doctor seemed really nice, but I think he's a homosexual. <laughs> and, I, and my mom was like, no, that, that's his job. That, they have to do oh, that to, to test some stuff. And, and she tried to explain it. He just couldn't understand it at all. So, I mean, that's where I come from. That is. <laughs> that's my lineage. <laughs> that is good. All right, here comes another one for Fox News. End of permanent tattoos. A startup develops new high-tech ink. And I've always wondered this, why this wasn't the case, just purely financially. Tattoos, like diamonds, are usually thought of as acquisitions that last forever, but a startup company called Ephemeral wants to change that. The five-person firm is developing two products intended to work together for commitment-phobic tattoo recipients. The first is a new kind of tattoo ink that is designed to break down and disappear after roughly a year. The second is a removal solution, which a tattoo artist can use to trace over the tattoo and make it go away even sooner. The company's CEO and co-founder, Sung Shin explained that the company had its genesis in a tattoo uh, he got on his arm that didn't sit well with his family. And basically, he came up with this idea, and now they're a startup company. My question to you guys is, is this good? No, it ruins tattoos. I mean, think about it like this. I mean, I, Temporary I had tattoos. the same idea, and so that's why I signed all of my marriage documentation Disappearing in Invisible Ink. <laughs> right, because it's supposed to be permanent, but that's my Hell yeah. No, if it ruins tattoos if they're not permanent. You know what? I'm, I, I would say that I, if, if this was in the future and I was 16 years old, I almost got those uh, uh, Atari's stars on my wrists. Yeah, and but that's, boy. that's the only thing that makes real tattoos good is the fact that you have to live with it. Not that it's, over, yeah, you, know, but. That you, you know, there's people that have peace signs and people that have, you know, the, the dumbest stuff. If they stuff. didn't disappear right now, I, w I wish they would. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that's but part I, of what I, makes I tattoos would, good. Right. Well, the, maybe, maybe it's the main thing that makes tattoos good is their Well, permanence. how long? 10 years? 20 years? How long do they last? What do you mean? Like, how long does the temporary tattoos last? How long does the ink last? Oh, it says one, one year. Oh, one year. Yeah, it goes away. Or uh, there's one that you can get, and then you go back and put a different ink on it, and it go, makes it disappear. If they weren't permanent, people wouldn't care about them. It's the same as smoking. If, if it wasn't bad, less people would do it. 
if it was not harmful at all, less people would do it. Not, I mean, not less, maybe, I don't know, but a lot of people that do it wouldn't do it if it wasn't bad. And if tattoos weren't permanent, most people wouldn't want them. Or some people wouldn't want them. I don't know. I'm not speaking for everybody. Well, I do think, okay, as far as a business, I think that it's killer. More people will get tattoos. If it's going to go away in a year, you're like, okay. But it definitely lowers the price of tattoos, and then you wonder. But, I mean, if you got a really bad tattoo, but that's my point is I don't think there's a such thing as a bad tattoo. I've seen so many crazy that. tattoos that people say are terrible and awful, but it really is kind of who you were at that moment. It's a reminder. You know, it's like a... Even the face tattoos, though, and yeah. stuff, the real it's crazy still, stuff. I mean, if you got it, that's who you're... I mean, if you hate it, you can get a tattoo removed now. You know what I mean? Like, it's really yeah. painful, I think, in surgery. Like, I think we had a friend that got a tramp stamp, and I think she had it removed or something. But I was like, why would you spend all that money to have it removed? Like, it can't <laughs> matter. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you should mess with their permanence. I think that's part of the... I agree. I agree. Point. Or to me, it is. Otherwise, it's... I mean, it's not—it's that rebel thing. I know it's going to bother my my mom or whatever. So you don't care about bumper stickers, do you, Toby? You slap anything on the back of that yeah. car? Yeah, honestly, it, I think that's yeah. one. I'm coexist one week, and I'm Darwin the fish the next week, and then I'm Jesus fish the next week. Whatever I feel just like. Just slap an old Trump sticker on that a and keep going, baby. Yeah, just keep I, driving. I don't know. I, I I I'm glad I didn't get any dumb tattoos in high school because you had. Do you have any tattoos though? I never really got over that point where I was like, oh, that's what I want to put on my body. You know what I mean? It just never really got to that point. How many how many douchebags do y'all know that that claim, hey, the ultimate tattoo is that I don't that's have true. tattoos today? <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard, that heard that one a bunch. <laughs> it is the ultimate. I really struggle with whether or not I should get one. Like I, I feel like I know myself well enough to know that I want one so that I will look more badass because I am not very badass. Like, I'm aware of that fact. I go, oh, if casually, like, I just had this cool thing on my inner arm, then people Travel. would think I was more rock and roll than I actually am, which I'd prefer. But, Dan, you would have to get a whole sleeve. Why? I think you'd have to get a whole sleeve. Because that's how uncool I am? It would. It might double down the uncool. You need a lot You'd have to just, of ink, bro. <laughs> if I yeah. just had one, if I just had one tattoo, it'd be like, oh, that's when he tried to be yes, cool exactly you got you got you need a lot of ink bro to, to, oh, to get there oh shit <laughs> like Chris Caraba's always looking good cause he's got his sleeves and he's got a nice shirt on and his hair's done that means Dan you'd Such always have to have combo. your hair done I know right your beard would always have to be perfect and then you'd have to have the perfect tattoos with the good clothes otherwise you'd just be that guy that yeah. is disheveled with the tattoo I know you know what I mean I know I don't take care of myself <laughs> enough already I mean we're mostly post I don't either I don't either I think we're mostly post tattoo. I mean, different things mean different things. At one point, tattoos meant criminal right. or something like that. It just yeah. meant something really bad. And then, therefore, people seeking to mimic bad did it. And now having tattoos means that you're an executive assistant and show it to everybody in the break room. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't mean the same thing. Well, I'm just saying, like, the cool factor of tattoos. You know what I mean? Those people oh, that work man. in corporate America and get it. That's everybody. That everybody has tattoos and thinks it. You know, it's it doesn't mean the same thing to get one now. And badass That's people true. won't be getting them in the future at right. the same rate. And it won't mean the same thing if they do. Yep. Well, I was gonna. I think I'm gonna Fair end enough. my news there. I had one more story, but it's kind of sad. So let's don't do it. I can't take it. I'm yeah, happy. I know. I just don't. I'll let's, save it for another day. I'll dude. save that for another day. That was the we'll damn news. Let's give some info All about y'all's right. record and touring. Can y'all right. give some a little bit of more details? Some deets. Yeah, give the details. Dan does a yeah. better job of it than me. I have them, but I will let Dan do them. Uh, record comes out June 21st. Is that right, Carter? Mm-hmm. 17th. 17th? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, June 17th it is. <laughs> is that right? I don't know. I have, have no idea. Dan, have you even... Yeah, no, right now it's supposed to come out June 17th. Okay, 17th. And, uh, yeah. It's coming out in Japan, too. It is. It's our fourth full-length record. Our first was in 2005. Uh, we broke up for four years officially, but we really were inactive for about six. So it's a reunion album. We are doing some reunion shows on the West Coast. We're doing seven shows from San Diego up to Seattle. You can go to, what's the website for that? Sherwood, sherwood.aftontv.com. We're playing San Diego, Anaheim, San Luis Obispo, Sacramento, San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. The Salty Dogs. And that's that's Afton, A-F-T-O-N-T-V.com, sherwood.aftontv.com, right? Yeah. Yep. And SherwoodMusic.net. SherwoodMusic.net will send you there too. Where you can get the album and all of those things. Yeah. So we got a pre order. Is that is that live yet? Of course it is. Yeah. (laughs) I've not been I'm sorry, guys. I've been real I've been Dan's the wrong guy for this. I've been on I've been not paying attention. So in this case Dan doesn't know the damn news. I don't know. I don't even know. Pre orders at SherwoodMusic.net. Yeah, so the pre order is up. Taylor Swift kicked it off. The pre order is up. You can hear some tunes and buy the record and Thank you guys so much for considering that. I hope you liked the song today. <laughs> <laughs> I've devolved into just cliches. I have nothing. Dan is reading like gas. some kind of ad mat. I'm out of gas, man. Read the ad mat better, right. Dan. Very Come proud on. of this work. <laughs> We're it's just going to leave a great show. Hey, <laughs> have you experienced the thing that I always say, which is where people come to me and, and they ask what you do and you say, you say something about Sherwood and then they you're so old and it's been so long since you've been active that they say to you, Oh, yeah. There's a band I used to listen to called Sherwood, too. It's cool. You all have the same name. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. Because uh, we'll usually couch it in that, like, that's what we used to do. It's not our job anymore. So, And then the other one I got last night. I got last night again, which is the most embarrassing one, which is, oh, man. And where the the whole conversation, they found out that that I used to be in Emory, and that was a great band, and, you know, how much they were into that band. And they've always thought we were great, but. Doesn't know that we still still you know, are in the band. Like would be shocked to know. Yeah, but I let it go, and then somebody else comes up to me right b- beside me, and says, "Man, how's things going? You traveling a lot or whatever?" And I didn't correct the person that we're still a band. I just let it go, like it was some band I used to be. Yeah. in. Yeah, had ended a long time ago. <laughs> oh, and then the next person comes up, joins the conversation, asks me about like tour and where we're going. And, you know, going like two. You know, I got some stuff in July. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, That's good. Sometimes. That's a good stuff. Sometimes these things can be good, though. Like when I met my wife, we had released a free EP back before that was like a common thing to do. And like 40,000 people had downloaded it. And she was like, so what band are you playing? And I was like, Sherwood. She's like, oh, yeah, I downloaded your EP. I was like, what would you think? She's like, I haven't listened to it. I was like, yeah, that's sexy. You actually don't want, you know what I mean? You want a little bit of that. Definitely. Well, it probably still helped you out. It didn't hurt. Hey, everybody, I just got a, an email from the PPA. Um, I don't know if I want to read this or not. Um, What's the PPA? The Paraplegic Persons Association. It says, hey, assholes, thanks for saying that my prayers aren't as good as yours and as powerful as yours. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the PPA. <laughs> Toby.
You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.